0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. I hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day yesterday. I know I did. My kids remembered me, and they were good to me. Um, I, uh, I'm very excited about today's show. We have, um, Of course, we have Dr. Beth Dupree joining us today from Holy Redeemer Hospital. And uh, I always want to give a thank you to Holy Redeemer Hospital for being a big part of why and how I'm able to bring you this show each week. Um, I also want to give a thank you to Marketron Incorporated, and that is where our guest is calling in from today. Um, our guest is Renee Roth. And Renee is Regional Vice President of Marketron Broadcast Solutions, um, who happened to be a, um, a big part of, of, Beasley Broadcast and our station here at WWDB. And Renee is listening in and is going to join us in, in just a few minutes. Um, I also want to mention if you are listening and you'd like to call in with a question for Renee, feel free to at 610. 610- 664-4100. We'd love to have uh, people calling in and joining our conversation. So uh, Beth is is on by, uh, I'm s- sorry, standing by at Holy Redeemer. And I wanted to talk to Beth this afternoon about a wonderful new ultrasound machine that Holy Redeemer Hospital has brought on board that's really going to do some wonderful things for women in the breast care um, Field and ending cancer. So, Beth, why don't you jump in and and tell us a little bit about this new uh, ultrasound machine.
1: Perfect. Um, Happy uh, belated Mother's Day, by the way. Thank Um, you. I I spent mine uh, in the garden, pretty much. I got a lot of my plants planted. I uh, Skyped with my sisters and my mom and uh, chose not to make the five-hour drive uh, to York to see my mom because uh, I I think we've talked about this. My mom has Alzheimer's. And uh, so I, I appreciate every moment of my life that um, I had while my mom remembered who we all are. And yeah. uh, yesterday I, uh, I kind of decided early in the morning, you know, I was planning to drive the five hours back and forth. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to drive five hours back and forth. My mom's not going to remember the visit. And because I have such fabulous sisters, they were able to Skype us in. Um, So I got to have a Skype conversation with my mom, and I got to do something good for me for Mother's Day, which was hang out in my garden. So it was good for everybody.
0: Good. That's the way it should be.
1: So you want to know about the whole breast ultrasound. I'm I'm going to educate you a little bit because, you know, we talk in acronyms in healthcare sometimes, and it's referred to as a capital A, capital B, capital U, capital S, which is, is automated breast ultrasound. It's a whole breast scan, which is a new technology that um, we added in the fall at Holy Redeemer Women's Care. And it got a lot of press lately. We were all over the place yesterday with um, Race for the Cure. And um, I was also on another radio show talking about the technology. So women have actually been calling the hospital um, to find out whether or not they are a candidate for this wonderful um, screening study. And so most women realize that you know at, at the age of 40 we begin to do mammograms every year, and mammography has been our standard screening screening tool um, for the, you know the past several decades. And with screening mammography, we're able to identify cancers earlier and get patients' care you know provided to them in a much more expedient fashion, and and hopefully find cancers as, at an earlier stage. What the automated breast ultrasound does is it adds one more layer of um, screening for women who have very dense breasts. And you might say, well, how do you know if your breasts are dense? Have you had your mammogram lately, Susan? Uh,
0: not lately, but uh, every year I do.
1: Okay, so if you haven't had yours in the past 12 months, when you get your letter from the radiologist stating that your you know, your films are fine um, or that you should contact your doctor, At the bottom of that letter, there now are laws in several states where um, we have to disclose as a facility whether or not your breast tissue is um, heterogeneously dense, which means that you have more white, fibrousy elements than there are fatty elements. So that, number one, increases the risk of breast cancer, and number two, makes it much more difficult to identify abnormalities. So... This whole breast ultrasound is, we've used ultrasound technology for years. Most women who've had a baby, you know, had an ultrasound at some point to, to look at their, you know, to look at the fetus um, during development and to make sure the development was good. So most women know what an ultrasound is. It's a non-invasive way that we can use energy to create pictures to um, create a map of the breast. And with the whole breast ultrasound, what we're hoping to do is to, Help women with very dense breast tissue have another uh, screening modality to be able to identify cancers of what we call preclinical, or before you could feel them, because that's those are the women that are at higher risk for us not finding them based on their mammography. So it's a great technology, and I'm really happy that you know one of the, we're one of the first hospitals in the area to embrace this technology.
0: Beth, do you foresee this um, this new machine being available to to women who, you know, perhaps do not have the density and that it will just be, you know, the regular uh, machine for all women because it, it, you know, can show more.
1: Well, here's the thing. It does not replace mammography, and that's one of the first questions women ask is, well, can I get this instead of a mammogram? And the answer is no. It's We call it an adjunct, or it's in addition to mammography for dense-breasted women. In women with fatty-replaced breasts, where if you, if you think of a cancer as a white star and if you think of a fatty breast as the dark night you're going to see the white star in the fatty breast of the dark night if you think of the of a cancer as a white star and you think of a cloud-covered day sky trying to find that white star in the cloud-covered day sky that's what a dense mammography is like so there's really no reason to add whole breast ultrasound for the women who already have fatty replaced breasts and for many women, as they get older, their breast density changes so that at one point they may be a candidate for the whole breast ultrasound in addition to mammography, mm-hmm. but eventually they may not need it. So.
0: Okay. I, I see. You know, I love, your, I love when you give um, analogies and descriptions. You always do that very well. <laughs> it helps us visualize.
1: Well, you know what? I, it's, it's funny. Back when, I, back when I wrote my book, I, um, I was going to put photographs into my book and i was told for lots of different reasons that because there was a lot of historical information in it, that that you know i should describe um in words what i want people to see and when my youngest son um read my book and he at the time i think he had to have been probably 11 or 12. Um, he came running into the kitchen and he says mom he was like picture you painted with your words is so beautiful and Aww. i was like <laughs> oh I mean that was the best critic ever, but yeah. you know, being on the radio, you realize it's not like television where you can pick up you can pop up a picture to That's educate right. someone. You have to be able to give them a visual in their mind's eyes. So That's right. I try you you do that very well
0: because you know how visual I am. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I think our, our guest um, probably has the most experience in radio of all of us.
0: She, um, I know she does, and I think we should uh, welcome her to the show once again. Uh, for the listeners, we're being joined this afternoon by Renee Roth, and Renee is the Regional Vice President of Marketron Broadcast Solutions. Welcome to the show, Renee.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon. Very happy to be here, Susan.
0: Um, you know, I, we had a pre, um, pre-show phone call and we talked about a lot of things. And, and I know that I said to you, it's always very important for me to share, uh, my guest story and, and start at the very beginning. And, and I love the beginning of your story, especially since you're working in radio and have been for many, many years. So I wonder if you would talk for a few minutes, um, about your life in growing up in Canada and, sure. um, and and how you came to uh, to be in the radio industry as a whole. Well, um, sure. I um, I am from Canada.
2: My mother is a native New Yorker who married a Canadian man, and moved to a smaller Canadian town where she says um, spent the next ten years looking for a bagel.
1: Uh, Basically,
2: because she couldn't find one, certainly not in the town that we were living in. Right. And um, I am the oldest of three. I had uh, pretty much a very wonderful, loving young childhood. Uh, Parents who were very supportive of me, um, loved me, uh, loved me unconditionally. Um, I was not a child who um, looked at, wasn't a doll player, I wasn't a doll girl, I was more of a puzzle person. I spent hours with those little slider puzzles, solving puzzles, and as a matter of fact, to this day, I still do crossword puzzles as a stress relief. Um, so it, it was great up until about age 10 when life happens to change, and my parents um, went their separate ways, and we found ourselves in in some financial challenge, and uh, my mom went back to work. And I must say, my mother is an amazingly, really my first life coach, if you will. Uh, she is an amazing mix of uh, Gloria Steinem, Madeline Albright, and uh, a little bit of Joan Rivers thrown in there. Oh, wow. That's and, a
0: great combination.
2: Yeah, yeah, really, truly. She uh, And she had to go back to work. And she did so and ended up in the radio business. And this was very early on in 1969 Mm -hmm. when there were not women in radio at all. Uh, There were maybe two other women in the station. And uh, I also, at a very young age, went to work. We needed the money, and, and I think that really helped to build my character, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years. So I continued to work part-time and full-time throughout school and high school and uh, university. And uh, I worked in the hospitality industry most of the time, which uh, I have learned later in life is um, really one of the best training grounds for so many functional skills and skill sets for other businesses that are transferable. Uh, it really did help me. And I, I, I would tell anybody who's looking to start out anywhere, if if you really want to learn, go in the hospitality business because you, you build so many important skills in that business.
0: Renee, uh, I'm real glad to hear that because I, too, was in the hospitality industry just mm-hmm. before... Um, You know, I I started with radio as well.
2: It's so important. You don't even realize what you're learning. And when you work in a restaurant or I know so many young women who are, are servers who say this is just a means to an end. And, you know, I have to look at them and say, you are learning. Do you know how many things you do in a day? You are multitasking, you're working with deadlines, you're working with people, you're learning how to do so many things. The service, the stress management, all of that can be transferred into anything you want it to be it's at true. a later point.
0: Absolutely, and the communication skills that you learn, you know, dealing 100%. with people and service yeah. always. Yeah, so, um, so to
2: make a very long story short, my mother ended up in radio, one of the first women salespeople in Canada to be in radio. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a very social person and, uh, and did her work feeling, uh, in the Gloria Steinem days, like she had to work twice as hard, think twice as much, be twice as creative as any of the men around him. It truly, uh, around her, it truly was the madmen days. Mm-hmm and uh, And then I ended up later in life, actually uh, easing into the radio business as well when I when I really took a look at it and thought for a long time I thought I didn't want to be in sales, but when I realized it was really about people and relationships, I gave it a shot, and that 's how I ended up in radio. Um, and i have not looked back since then it has been a phenomenal business uh, to work in build a career in uh, meet people use all sorts of skill sets that you don't normally use in a in a very uh, siloed position radio is about dealing with so many different businesses And uh, I've loved it and and started in sales and moved my way up to management and leadership and uh, then ended up moving to Marketron 20 years later.
0: Right, yes. Well, one of the things, Renee, that that stood out for me in reading your story and your background was the fact that you have been working full-time since the age of 16.
2: That's correct, yes.
0: That's a a long time, and that's a young age to... um, you know, to be working full-time. Tell me what you think that that instilled in you, having to, to begin at such a young age. Well, it, it, first of all, it didn't hurt me.
2: And, uh, you know, I, I did continue with my schooling, and uh, I worked at the same time. But money was tight, and uh, it, I think it helped me build a, a sense of responsibility, for sure. Accountability uh it helped it greatly helped me build my com- my confidence through those years mm-hmm. uh i was a very independent child uh and always very curious as well uh and i think working continuing to work you know it just it builds something in you that the fear ends of I used to fear, Oh, how will I be able to do this? But when you can do it, the fear goes away,
0: yeah, so you had you know you had lifelong experiences for more years than than most I did, and yeah. I think it's it 's important even when i 'm hiring
2: people, I think it 's important that they 've had their first job before twenty one or twenty two
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes if, if even part time you know there 's no reason for sure, yeah, yeah, we were. We were working by fifteen, doing something, <laughs> something yes, in addition to our schoolwork. Anything. That's right. Uh, shows that that you've got some
2: work ethic there. That's right. And uh, you know, I, I I admire people who've grown up on farms. They're up at five in the morning, no matter how old they are, or four in the morning doing chores. That says a lot about somebody.
0: It does. So yeah. tell me, tell me, Renee, what were your aspirations in college? You you went to the University of West. Um, Yes, the west of Western right. Ontario. That's correct. And yeah. graduated uh, with a degree in English.
2: Right. Well, I actually really wanted to be a teacher. Uh, from a young age, I ac- I remember playing school, and uh, I guess. Uh, in retrospect, I, I showed some leadership then, but I think everybody called it bossy around me at the time. <laughs> and um, I did want to be a teacher. Uh, when I finished my uh, BA, I had a year to go to teacher's college. And in fact, because I had been working since I was 16, I also had the opportunity to buy into a restaurant at the time when I finished my degree. And uh, I chose to buy into the restaurant and uh, not go to Teachers College and uh, that created a career for me in the restaurant business uh, as a part owner for many years And, um, and learning all sorts of new management skills and ownership skills at the time. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I continued to mentor in my own way and be mentored and teach throughout the years.
0: Well, that takes me to my next question, which which how wonderful for you that later in life, then you got to fulfill um, one of those aspirations and you became a professor at uh, Humber College University. Right. And yeah. yes, is that in uh, Toronto? That's in Toronto. So mm-hmm. Humber College University has a course called uh, Media Studies
2: where they uh, train. There's there's a couple of programs. Uh, they're two-year programs. And one of the courses that uh, is mandatory that first-year students take is the business of radio. And I've been very fortunate uh, to have been asked a number of years ago to speak to the students there and uh, I did that year after year and then I was very fortunate to be asked to uh, teach that first-year class and I have found and I have have had 60 students uh, and it's a part-time it's a part-time responsibility Mm -hmm. but uh, it is one of the joys of my life I have gotten such great joy out of teaching these kids uh, they're 19 and 20, most of them. Some of them already have their uh, BAs or their degrees and have decided to go into radio or some kind of media, mm-hmm. and I teach them the business of media. And, uh, it's just been a wonderfully fulfilling, uh, experience and it's been great to stay in touch with these students. I see them at industry events and they do keep in touch with me through email once they've graduated and, and gone on. And, uh, it really has been a very, very fulfilling, uh, part of my, of my life.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. And have any of them come uh, to join you at Marketron?
2: Not at this time, they okay. have not uh, uh, most of them are still here in Canada. and in the radio business it's it's interesting most young people who get in it want to be on air uh, and uh, they want to be uh, jur- or journalists or writers. Um, mm-hmm. not many of them want to go in for the business end of it right at this point in their career. but they still have to know how that works in order to do their job to the best benefit of the station
0: absolutely what what's the percentage renee of of girls to boys in this class it's pretty fabulous it's it's almost 50 percent now uh when i
2: first started there were probably only 10 percent
0: uh female to male Mm -hmm. and now it's 50 if not even a little bit more i would say yeah, that's it. So it has really come a long way since since your mom started, and j- oh. I want the listeners to know that uh, Renee, you your mother was in radio, and you are in radio, and now you have a daughter who's <laughs> going true. into radio as well. So I think that's really wonderful. That's correct. Three yes. generations. So three
2: generations. Thank you very much. Yeah. Three generations of women in radio, and it really. It truly is eye-opening. Uh, we had the opportunity to, to discuss how things have changed uh, over three generations. And I'm very, very for women mm-hmm. in radio. And as you may or may not know, radio has traditionally been a bit of a boys' club. And uh, certainly in my mother's day, uh, there were no women, uh, very, very few. And then it grew on the sales end. There were more salespeople, uh, female sales reps, uh, being hired because I think sales managers started to get smart and look at some of those EQ skills, if you will, that women inherently have. That's right. And realized that they were great at selling because they knew how to nurture a relationship and they knew how to look after clients. And really, selling is not about selling. It's about helping people.
0: That's right. Right. It really is. It's about those relationships. Renee, I wrote a quote that, that you said, and I love it so much, and yes. it's, it's something that you've said to your children, and I think it's a great message. You said, love what you do, give to others, find your empathy, and focus on the process, and the, right. result, the results will happen. Yes. That is so true. It is so true, and I
2: think when we sort of get mired in the mud, and we we all do it, and panicked a little bit about, you know, no matter what stage we're in, we all have ups and downs, and no matter, um, you know, we all have those moments where we're like, oh, now what? It's usually... The thing that gets me out of it, and the thing that I try and instill in my children to get them out of it, is you can't get a result from just wanting a result. There is a process to that, and if you focus on the process, the result happens. It's the same thing as keep your head down and do the work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But talk to me about the what the piece. Find your empathy. How do you instill that in your children? So uh, I think that
2: very, very important piece. My children are uh, uh, grown now, young adults, and um, it's always been very important to me that they get that no matter how challenging our lives have been, and there have been times that they are, we have mostly their first world problems we have a much better life than many out there and we need to find our empathy and help someone else who needs the help because everybody deserves um, food shelter dignity uh everybody deserves being to be listened to as another human being and I've been involved with an organization uh, that my children are very aware of and have been involved uh, also for a number of years called uh, Via Hafta, which is an organization in Toronto that looks after the homeless, um, children, not just children, families, adults uh, living on or near the street, marginalized people who we go out and help on a client-by-client basis with food and supplies, and um, also teaching and training them to use education as a way out of poverty. And uh, this is something that I've, I've brought my children into, and it's something that I believe makes the difference in their, lives, in their lives with every action they do. If they can remember their empathy, it stops being about them. And that's not so easy when you're a teenager and a young adult.
0: That's right. That's absolutely right. I'm glad you you mentioned that organization because I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> ah, it's, it, the word is. Via- it's a beautiful yeah, word.
2: It's, yeah, it's a Hebrew word and it means you shall be loved. Yeah, via V'yahavta, via yeah. and then it's an organization that is about repairing the world one action at a time.
0: Yes, I read they say every life is sacred and we are obligated to do what we can to help others. Yes. Um, I I love that word sacred. I think that's a great word and really, you know, speaks to why no matter where your background is or where you're from, um, you know, we all need help. I agree. And, And it's very
2: difficult to ask or to reach out. That's right. It is. So, it's, uh, yes, it's a wonderful organization. We also run a, an academy through, uh, via Hafta that takes 10 to 12, uh, people marginalized who are ready to change their lives. They may still be living in shelters, but there is an eight-week, um, uh, education program that helps them to realize again their functional skills, reignite their education, their curiosity and, and commitment to education and help them use that as a way out of poverty. And we've had some great success stories with it. So, very proud to be part of that. And, uh, it does help bring balance to my life. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Oh, that's terrific. Is it a national organization or is it in Can- Canada based? It's Canadian-based. We do uh,
2: do international crisis response, but uh, it's based here in Toronto. Okay.
0: Yeah. Renee, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I would love for you to talk about the software program that you developed. Absolutely. We'll do. Okay. We'll be right back. Thank you.
1: There are
2: 365 days to schedule a mammogram.
0: Are you looking for something special to wear to an event, on a date, or out with the girls? Nevada is a Philadelphia-based luxury label designed for the effortlessly chic global nomad. Our ready-to-wear and custom pieces, which include bridal wear, by the way, are inspired by artistry and travel. The line is intriguing and exotic. After all, fashion should create a sense of escape. So go ahead, escape with Nevada, and make a timeless impression. Please visit us online at nevedacouture.com. Welcome back everyone to this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My guest this afternoon is Renee Roth and Renee is the Regional Vice President of Marketron Broadcast Solutions. And I want to mention that Marketron is a very strong supporter of Women to Watch and is actually the power behind our wonderful Women to Watch website. So I'm so appreciative for not only the company, but for Renee's support, uh, as well as a lot of the female leaders within that company. Um, Renee, I really, I read about this, uh, this software that you developed, and mm-hmm. that was another very impressive piece of your story, I think, because you, um, as much technical aptitude as you have, it's not your t- number one, um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> part that you too. focus on. Actually, I have no technical aptitude. So. Well, then
0: I really, I'm very interested in the story of how you, you came up with the idea, number one, and how you took it as far as developing this software, and, and attracting the attention of Marketron.
2: Well, it's a very interesting story, and um, uh, it's been a great learning uh, curve for me, and uh, it's it's been a wonderful experience. So in 2010, or around that year, I was um, uh, general sales manager of three stations here in Toronto that... Um, that are very large stations with, with, a very, with a very large client base. And uh, basically, I created a piece of software from the problems that kept me up at night as a general sales manager. I thought, why can't we do this? And I, I do remember when the idea dawned on me. You know, as a single mother, I was at 1130 at night ordering my groceries online. And, uh, I thought to myself, why can't our clients pay their invoices online and access their account online? And, you know, radio's been a little bit antiquated over the years, and they, in 2010, they certainly hadn't got there yet to, to be able to, access or pay online or, or access their account online.
0: Mm-hmm. Which seems very, re- really, you know, late in, in the big picture, right? It like does. But, you know, radio also uses very different software
2: that that um, I guess was a little bit behind the eight ball in its effectiveness to interface with anything um, on a banking end. Uh, so I thought to myself, you know, this is, how difficult can this be?
0: I- <laughs> I love and, that about women so much. <laughs> <laughs> they see a problem, okay, we're going to fix it. Come on, how difficult could it be?
2: <laughs> right, exactly. And then I started making a list of all the things that I wanted this application to do. Mm-hmm. So, and I knew it had to be easy enough for me to use because I'm certainly, you know, I, I, I'm no technical wizard at all um, because if I could use it, our clients could use it. Right. So uh, there's a problem. I don't code. I don't do any of that. Mm -hmm. However, my brother-in-law wrote um, uh, computer software for banks. So I called him up. I said, come for dinner, and I'll feed you chicken if we can do this together.
0: (laughs) Is that his favorite dish? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That was
2: smart. (laughs) to work on this it took us three years to build it quite frankly Um, so this actually started earlier than 2010 Mm -hmm. Uh, and he built it and I knew what I needed the problems to solve and he built uh, the back end to it and we did uh, sell it to a company here in Canada who used it and rolled it out across all their stations uh, 52 of them in Canada and that's how we launched the software. The following year, we uh, decided, okay, well, maybe Canada's a very small population. We should take this out to um, the market. And we went to one of the radio trade shows and uh, got enough money together to uh, rent a table and thought how difficult can it be right
0: <laughs> again, and once again, right sometimes not naivety or what is the word I'm like naive is it works in your you know favor
2: absolutely, because we did not know what we did not know right and uh and that was a blessing at the time, uh so we ended up with this piece of software, which was a great piece of software at it it um allowed advertisers to access their accounts online, they were able to see the times that their spots ran, they were able to hear their spots, they were able to pay online through ACH or credit card, there was also a rewards program with it at the beginning, Uh, and basically in 2010 caught the eye of Marketron at that trade show. And the rest is kind of history. Marketron, uh, we partnered with Marketron. It is one of their products in their beautiful digital suite
0: now. And, uh, I ended up moving to Marketron as a result of it. That's, that's a wonderful story. I love that so much. You know, it's, see, you know, seeing a need and having an idea and following through on it. Thank you. And it was a very interesting time, Susan, because
2: I can't tell you how often I heard. Well, that's really easy. Isn't there something else that out there already that does it?
0: Right. That's oft well, that's often the case with uh I think just entrepreneurs in general who may come up with an idea and they think, well someone's probably already working on that. Exactly. And you you know, you hold back.
2: And here that's that's exactly right. So here's the difference. It's about doing it. Yes. It's about actually doing it. Right. Uh, and that made the difference for me. Uh, I think persistence has been a bottom line for me for a very, very long time. And if I had just given up and said to my brother-in-law, ah, something will come along, you know, paths mm-hmm. would not have changed the way they have.
0: Yeah. So this program that you developed, is this exclusive to Marketron or did you then go on to sell it to other so no, Marketron has it in their suite. It's
2: uh, it's part of their suite of services now. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, and I'm very happy to say that many many clients across North America are using it. Good, great. Yeah it's uh It's been a great learning curve and a fabulous experience and It did teach me an awful lot about software and uh certainly in my in my uh, daily work now although i 'm still not technical, I do have a whole team of experts that are
0: well had, did it ignite in you you know a desire to perhaps create or develop something else is your mind always kind of working and in a creative you know,
2: way. I, I will say a little bit, yes, um, because I think for me it is about problem solving. And uh, luckily for me, in in my daily work with Marketron, I get to do that every day. Uh, I'm working with people whom I was once in their position, and I know exactly what they're what they're feeling every day and the stresses that they're going through and, mm-hmm. and listening to them and trying to find a way to make their lives easier on a daily basis. Yes, right. So um, whether or not I develop something on my own at another time, that it may be the case. I will say that in 2007 when I thought, how difficult can this be? I will tell you there were times when it was fairly difficult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's it's certainly not an easy road. Right. It's never. Yeah. Um, Renee, something I really wanted to talk to you about this afternoon is is the mentorship program uh, for women that you mm-hmm. also developed. And certainly, you know, Women to Watch is all about the support and empowerment of women. And I love the fact that you are not only, uh, you know, holding down this very high position with Marketron, but also looking to support and lift up the women in your industry as well. So I'd love for you to tell the story of, you know, what precipitated the mentorship program for you. Um, was it something you saw within your own industry or just, uh, you know, a, um, a wanting to help women in general?
2: Yeah, I well, I think it's both. Um, there's no doubt I'm a woman in the radio industry, and um, those, those two things go hand in hand, and it, it, it's really all I have known. In the fact that for so many years, uh, if a ballroom emptied out with, uh, from a radio industry event, it would, it would look a lot like a bachelor party. Okay. And, uh, I certainly wanted to somehow assist and help to grow women in the industry, but for me, it's always been important to help other women as well. And uh, I, that has been that has really been instilled in me by my mother. Uh, she always helped other women in her industry uh, and in general. And uh, I used to love that uh, quote from Madeline Albright when she said, "There's a hot." chair in hell for women who don't help other women Mm,
0: that's i know that's a that's a very powerful quote very uh
2: because i think there's no room for that mean girls um environment like we had in sixth grade most of us
0: yeah and we know where that you know that comes from an insecurity right about one's own self sure yeah
2: Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and and I really think there's no room for that. So I I wanted to start mentoring women, and it's as important when you're mentoring women to be mentored, and I think it's as important, I think even more so for me from where I came from, to be mentored by another woman is very important Mm -hmm. because although having male mentors is wonderful, and I've had a few of them in my life that I have learned a tremendous amount for, from, I, they still don't get me 100%. Well,
0: and how could they, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, I mean, I think there's strengths in both, but certainly another woman can relate to to another woman uh, yes. more so. Yes. Yeah.
2: I, I I agree with you. And so... I thought I'd start a mentorship program uh, at the last broadcaster that I was at, and it turned into something that, you know, to this day, recently we had Canadian Music Week uh, here in Toronto uh, last week, and there's a group called uh, Women Trailblazers in Radio, and I spoke at, at their uh, reception, and looking out in that room, there must have been 10 or 12 young women who... Um, I have been fortunate enough to be a part of their life and, and I'm fortunate enough that they've been a part of mine that have grown in their careers as a result of mentoring.
0: Renee, what is your, what do you think is the most important key, what is the key piece to mentoring? In other words, we have a lot of opportunities, um, when we're, when we're mentoring people or, or people are being mentored. The opportunities to see firsthand, um, you know, be with your mentor in their place of work, um, you know, mm-hmm. feedback and advice for our own goals. What do you see as the most important part of mentoring? I think a big part of it is being
2: a soundboard.
0: Uh, and being a soundboard
2: in the sense where you've got somebody to run something by without reacting to it initially, and I, I think that's part of women where women have held themselves back. First of all, I think in the workplace, uh, a big lesson for me has been to learn not to take things personally. Yes, that's a big I don't think one. men take things as personally as women. Probably not. Right, probably not. Right, and, and that taking things personally and that hurt that goes on sometimes stops women, If you have a mentor that you can count on for a conversation before you react, if the circumstance permits, um, I think that's a very, very important piece of the mentoring relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think certainly support, confidence, um, being part of bigger discussions, And looking at what your goals are, and working backwards, yeah, and planning it strategically. And I think a mentor can help you with those things. Mm -hmm. And I think a mentor also can't be everything to everybody. That's right. So it's uh, it's it's very important to me and in my life that I'm able to reach out and and use whatever skills that I have to help other women. And and I ask the same from. Women who, uh, who I know and admire and
0: respect. Right. You know, that's, it has to, always has to be a two way street. Yeah. And I think any program that's set up like that, both, the mentors c- gain as much as the mentees. A hundred percent. Right.
2: It's very reciprocal. And, uh, I believe that, it, you know, it, throughout my life, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have someone, um, and, and mentors can be your good friends as well. Girlfriends make great mentors in some senses. Maybe not for your career, but it's, it can be a mentorship relationship
0: if you're learning from another woman. Yeah. Well, your, your mother was probably one of your first mentors. Yes. 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 Yeah,
2: so, absolutely. So. <laughs> she was my first life coach and
0: right. I'm very happy to say she still is. Oh, that's great. Yes. That's- that's really terrific. How, where do you see the difference in the radio industry for women when you look at your daughter today and and where you started? Uh, great, great
2: question. Uh, I, I I really do think that that glass ceiling is rolling back like a sunroof. I think that for my daughter, gender is not an issue. Good for her. Mm-hmm. It's not even on her radar, mm-hmm. and she's twenty six. Uh, so that makes me really, really thrilled. I do see many more women, uh, certainly in the business end of radio, in the sales end, um, on air. Uh, it's grown exponentially. I think there's a bit of a dip when it comes to Susan Talk radio hosts that are female. I don't think there's enough of you out there. Oh,
0: good. So kudos <laughs> to you. Not good, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm one of them. Oh,
2: absolutely. And I think that's it. That's very, it's still very unique. And uh, it, it, that's why it's so great with what you're doing, giving women a voice. Uh, but in our industry, I think that's lacking. And, of course, the C-level is lacking. CEO, CFO, CRO. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it, that's really lacking. There are you know probably a handful plus uh in the US in the radio business of of women CEOs
0: well that's right and i i'd love to know what your take is on that in other words we have seen such an increase in all kinds of support and initiatives and things that are really um at, meant to help women become leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So we have books that are being written and we have, um, diversity initiatives within corporations and we have how many endless women's networking groups. Yes. But yet the statistics still remain low. So mm-hmm. what is it that we're missing in this, you know, this, this mission to, uh, really support women and, and help them know that they can accomplish anything that they want? Well,
2: I think that that's a really uh, a really wonderful question, and I think in in this industry in media, I think radio is very different from television, and I think with uh, digital experiencing the kind of growth that they're in, I think digital media um, is an absolutely fertile, wonderful ground for women uh, growing their careers. I think that. Terrestrial or traditional radio is a little bit slower to react to that. And I and I believe it's because we're so local and the medium has been so local that it has been basically run by the same people for generations.
0: Right, yeah.
2: And they recycle. Uh and so there there is there has become room for women and room at the top, and I think we're just seeing it so that in the next five years, I think there will be a lot more women as CEOs and on the C-level, um, because if, if I look back in conversation with my mother and then look towards my daughter, the change in certainly 40 years with my mother and my 20 to 25 in the, in the business, the change is dramatically positive,
0: it is. It's certainly moving in a very positive direction.
2: Yes. And I and I do think that uh, women today in leadership are starting to feel this, this generation of women are also starting to feel that they don't have to act like a man to be a leader.
0: Yes. Yes. We talk about that often on the show, that it, mm-hmm. we really need to distinguish the difference <clears throat> between pursuing it and feeling as though we can be 100% ourselves in doing that and and really that's where the power comes from
2: yes yes absolutely i agree with you
0: and that's where acknowledging
2: who we are and the kind of skill set that we own and the eq emotional quotient that we own as women is so valuable in the workplace and being able to own that be that And share that is what makes us great leaders.
0: It is. And for the listeners, um, Renee, this this idea of an EQ, the emotional quotient, uh, is is something that, you know, really wasn't talked about years ago. And it is very important. I don't know that many people know what exactly that is. What is the difference between the EQ and the IQ? Well, the IQ
2: is the intellectual intelligence quotient, which, you know, has been um, measured in young children for years and years and mm-hmm. people for years and years. And the EQ is the softer skills. It's the emotional senses that I believe we as women um, have the moment we're born. We have some of those skills. We have the skills to nurture a relationship. We have the skills to be able to be persistent. We have the skills that we're able to Empathize, listen to somebody else, problem solving skills. Uh we can we can go through our day with without having to compartmentalize things. We most of us women have eighty two balls in the air at the same time. Mm hmm. Always. Always, and, and we're okay with it.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, I think for the most part, I, I've been okay with it unless I stop to really think about it.
0: Right, right. <laughs> then, right. Then
2: you're scared.
0: Exactly.
2: So don't stop and think.
0: Yeah. And but don't it, you think what, what, one of the other greatest gifts I think that, that falls under that EQ is is this intuition? You know, yes. this 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 ability to kind of read a situation and instinctively know what to say.
2: Agreed. And that intuition is, is something that I, I've certainly learned my lessons to listen to. Mm-hmm. And when I haven't, it's bitten me. And uh, I'm hoping as I get older that I will listen to that more often.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's huge. You know, that's that, that inner voice it's, it's talking to us and we're just uh, kind of pushing it down because yes. it might not be the message that we feel, you know, we should be hearing. Yes, or we, we
2: intellectualize that emotional intuition mm-hmm. uh, into it might not fit the path. So it's, it's, it's the difference between listening to your gut and your head and trying to make those two things, um, work together. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing about EQ is we're tremendously adaptable. Yes. And that's one of the most important things, I think, today in in, in the years that we live. Certainly in our industry, change is omnipotent. Um, it's just... Beyond, it's changing so fast, hardly anybody can keep up with the way media is being delivered and the, and the change in, in our industry. But I really can't think of any other business that isn't changing because of technology and because of where we've come to. So women's ability to adapt, I think, is vitally important part of that EQ and that value that a woman can bring to the workplace
0: yeah i agree i agree things are changing so quickly rapidly every day you have to be able to adapt you have to
2: and if you if you're not good with change i suggest you find a business i don't know what that business would be but find a business that doesn't change yeah well because everything else is just changing at light speed
0: it it really is It, it really is you know, I would love to give you a, a few minutes, an opportunity to to give a shout out to your children and and talk about what they're doing in their lives. And I know that you know a lot of your focus is in in being there and supporting. And they're not little, but they all have their own careers and their own paths. Do you want to give a, a quick few minutes to what each one of them are doing? Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. Thank you, Susan. Yes, well.
2: Um, Rachel, who's 26, has recently uh, started in radio, which is great. She's selling radio for one of the private broadcasters, mm-hmm. and uh, she is uh, at it for all of three months now, but loving every day. <laughs> Good. And uh, she has a degree in psychology, which she says she's using every day as well. I'm sure. Yes. And uh, so that's terrific. My um, son, Sam, is in, uh, just finished up third year of university mm-hmm. and uh, in philosophy, and he does not know what he wants to do yet, and that's okay. He's searching and studying and working hard. Good. Um, we also have a son, Justin, who's 28. He has started his own business. He is a web designer and app designer. And uh doing very, very well, has gone out on his own and then the youngest just finished second year university in criminal psychology.
0: Okay, so that runs the gamut. You, that does. you have four different completely different areas to, to reach out to should you need the help. <laughs>
2: yes. Right? Yes, for sure. And uh it's great having a growing family mm-hmm. and uh great getting to know them as young adults on their own paths and um and really wonderful, like yesterday, to spend time with everybody uh as they grow, and uh they get into their own careers and uh I'm really enjoying this age
0: yeah it it is a great age. I have two similar uh age children as well, and it's a whole different type of um you know excitement and yes. and just Wanting to see where they end up and what they do. It really is, um, a wonderful time.
2: It truly is. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm a real proponent of, you know, I think we'll have many different careers, uh, or a few anyways. And, uh, unless you are really committed at a young age to be a doctor or a vet or there's, you have a calling, uh for something in particular i think that we reinvent ourselves many times throughout our lives
0: we do and i love that and it's and we should we should there's no there's no law that says you have to figure it out you know at a young age and then stay with that forever exactly
2: yeah exactly it's it's i i find it very restrictive i know i would never have thought that i would grow up and do what i'm doing
0: Nor would I, nor would I, (laughs) I, you know, Renee, we just have a moment left in the show. I think you're such a great example for women. I truly do. And I, and I think your inspiration comes from your confidence and your hard work and also your willingness to give back, you know, having that be a priority. So I thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I wonder if you could just quickly give um, any contact information that you might have should one of the listeners want to be in contact with you.
2: Sure. Well, I can be reached at Roth, R-R-O-T-H, at markatron.com. Okay. Or indeed, renee at reneeroth.com. If you want to talk about mentoring, happy to have a conversation with anybody who's interested. Great. Uh, and uh, go to the Markatron website. You'll be able to find me there. Or I'm on LinkedIn. I'm available there and always happy to meet new people and to have new conversations and to help other women and uh, reach out in our industry as well um, to have conversations about, you know, where our industry is going and the challenges we face and uh, some of the successes we have on a
0: yearly basis. That's wonderful. Thank you again, Renee. I hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon.
2: Oh, thank you, Susan. What a pleasure. And thank you for the work that you do for women. You are very welcome.
0: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB. Tune in next week.